0: good evening hi how are you good how are you how are you um trying to find one more source before we start Um, i sent a distress call to my friend Oh. Stress about that. I need therapy. Oh, mm. oh, because I don't hear from my friend Kayla. Oh, okay. Well, that was a good idea. I heard back from her within minutes. <laughs> Tell me, hello. I'm my name's Kayla, I'm, I'm, I'm a therapist. Um, <laughs> and I'd like to help you anytime you want help. I, I did. I left this whole message of filled with distress. <laughs> It's like, how am I going to get her to pay attention to me? Here you go. Okay. You. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Oh, very nice. Okay. Parshas, Achrimos, and Kadoshan. That's where those are the parts. This week's partials. I want to discuss a particular aspect that is perhaps unusual that pops up in the middle of the Parsha that you might not have, may not even have noticed. Um, the beginning of Parsha Zahrimos deals primarily with the halachos of uh, of Yom Kippur, the avoda on the Kohen Gadol in the Beis HaMikdash on Yom Kippur. And then it proceeds at the end of the Parsha with a slight interlude with some halachos about Kachim uh, to the Parsha of Arayos, of illicit relations and relations that are not necessarily appropriate. And then Parsha Kadoshim deals with the things that we're supposed to do that elevate us to another level. In the middle, right after the Parsha of uh, after the avoda of the, of the Kohen Godel on Yom Kippur, after the service of the Kohen in and the Beis HaMikdash on Yom Kippur, it talks about the concept of Shkutei chutz. chutz. means um, the sacrificing of korbanos, bringing of sacrifices outside of the Beis HaMikdash. Not that there's a prohibition against um, sacrificing um, an animal, Outside the Makam HaMikdash, once there's a Beis Hamikdash, you're not supposed to you're not supposed to um, uh, sacrifice any animals outside the Beis Hamikdash. Now, why is that of particular interest to us? Um, we'll see in a moment. But uh, I believe that there's a very, very powerful and important and and uh, relevant message to all of us. Uh, especially in if we're going to attempt to be growing people and people that are trying to accomplish things in life, uh, that will only happen through what we're going to talk about over here. So, um, the, which is the parsha of of shkuteychutz. If you take a look at the parsha when it, when it mentions it, so the medrash brings down that the reason why one is not supposed to shecht animals, to sacrifice animals outside the confines of the Beis hamikdash is because is a it almost seems to me that the torah is giving us a control against avodazara meaning it was clear that there was there, prior to the building of the Beis hamikdash prior to having a Mishkan or a tabernacle the people uh, engaged in sacrificial offerings and especially uh, like the Ramam says in the Mar Nevuchim people involved involved themselves in bringing sacrifices uh, to for, foreign deities, etc. It seems that the process or the procedure could easily be, a person could easily be led astray to, be, to sacrifice korbanos to si'irin, to, to uh, foreign gods. I want to try to find, let me just um, read to you the, the expression, the way Rashi brings it. I believe Rashi brings it right here in the Parsha. Um, the, the process deals with this. It says as follows. Um, um. It says, right? The pasuk states, "Ish, Ish, mi Yisrael, any person from amongst the Jewish people, Asher Yishcha Tshar Oches Avayis, if he'll sacrifice any of these animals v'Machane in the camp, or Asher Yishcha Michtzah Machane, do it outside the camp. Camp, VeEl Pesach O El Moi Lohe Vio." He does not bring his uh, animal to the the entrance to the tent of meeting to the tabernacle. La korban Hashem lifnei mishkan Hashem. Dam ye chashiv la ishahu. The Torah says very strong expression. Dam ye chashiv la ishahu. Will be considered like the spilling of blood. Dam shafach. He has spilled blood. Ve nicher ishahu. The karev Um This person has. Uh, cut himself off from amongst the Jew- Jewish people. It's not a it's not a member of the Jewish people. Laman, ah. in order that as that you should bring the b'nei Yisrael should bring their korbanos, um that they are sacrificing. Um Al p'nei uh, outside they should they should elevate their, the procedure and they should they should bring the the carbonos to the Kohen in the Al they should bring it rather than just just spilling the blood they should do it as a carbon they should do it as a sacrifice. This was this was the commandment now it says the, the, the parasha finishes off they will no longer slaughter their animals, La Seirim. Rashi says, La to uh, demonic creatures um, outside of the Beis Hamikdash, meaning, like as the pasuk says in Ishaya, the, the demons are dancing in those places. That there, there, there seems to be a dance. So the question is the idea, it seems, is that, that, that it's a reference to Avodah Zarah, it's a reference to idol worship, but it's an unusual reference to idol worship. Why would we refer to idol worship? Specifically, as seirim, as these demonic creatures. That's question number one. Um, the second, the second question that arises in this, in this discussion of bringing korbanos, of bringing sacrifices in the Beis Hamikdash, is when we take a look in the Rambam when he brings the halachos, when he brings this, the laws discussing the building of a Beis Hamikdash. So, one would assume. Let's just set up this paradigm, make sure that we understand it. Or look at are all looking at it the same way. What's the purpose of a Beis HaMikdash? Primarily, the purpose of a Beis HaMikdash is to have a place where you can bring sacrifices to Hashem. That means the primary purpose here of, is to be able to bring sacrifices. In order to be able to bring sacrifices, you must build a Beis HaMikdash. You have to build a tabernacle, a temple. You must build a place where that can be. When the Raman quotes that halacha, um, it's not, it doesn't seem like that at all. It says, the Ramam states, in the Hilchos Beis Habakhira in the laws dealing with the Beis HaMikdash, with the Holy Temple, it says, There is a mitzvah to build a house for the Rebana Shalom. A place that is set up, designated for for bringing sacrifices. Now, if I was writing that, I would have written it the other way. I would have said, we need to have a place to bring sacrifices. Therefore, you should build a house for Hashem. Not you should build a house for Hashem in order to bring the sacrifices. That sounds like the, that the primary purpose over here is the building of that house. And then it continues and says as follows. The Ram continues and he says, We celebrate by by um by going up to this, this the temple three times a year. You should make for me a temple, and mm-hmm. and you should go 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 there. So the second again, so the the the, the question is, what's the big focus on Aliyah Regal? on the, on this one mitzvah? There are multiple mitzvahs connected with the Beis Hamikdash. Why are we focused on this mitzvah of going to the Beis Hamikdash for Aliyah LeRegel to go to go uh, to to go um, to appear in front of Hashem? And then, now this next point that I would like to make is is very technical in a way, but it's important to understand this. The Rambam is writing a book of laws, of halachos, right? He's not writing a history book. He's not giving us the background to the mitzvot. He's stating only the things that are necessary for me to understand what mitzvot I have to do going here forward. Here, in these halachos, the Rambam says as follows. The Rambam then continues with these halachos, and he says... It was already, it's already been explained to us in the Torah that Mishkan Moshe the Moshe but that was temporary. Since you have not reached your final destination, so you will make a temporary dwelling place for Hashem. When they got to Eretz baGilgal. they made a tabernacle in the place called Gilgal. And that was there for 14 years while they divided the land. Then they went to a place called Shiloh and they built a more permanent structure and they set, it, they set it up and it was there for 369 years. And then it continues the Ramam and he says when Shmuel died and, the, and Shiloh was destroyed, they came to Givon and then from Givon, they went to the Beis HaMikdash and Givon, Novan Givon was another 75, um, uh, was, was, uh, 57, was 57 years in there. And then it says, once the base HaMikdash was built in Yerushalayim, all places it became prohibited to, in anywhere else, to build any other type of base HaMikdash. The only place where you could bring a carbon was uh, in the base HaMikdash itself. Uh, um, and Yerushalayim on Har Maria becomes the designated place for Hashem's Beis HaMikdash. Um, again, the question is, so the Ramam gives us a whole background and he tells us exactly what, what's expected of us. But the question is, why? Why is the ramam so focused on the history and the background of this Beis Amikdash and the fact that it was temporarily in this place and temporarily in that place? How is that significant to the Parsha of Korbanos? Furthermore, the ramam later says, adds one more mitzvah. He says, you make all sorts of, uh, you, go, you make all sorts of kalim, etc. cetera, um, and there's only one thing that you do that's similar. Oh, I'm sorry. Then there, now, now, I'm sorry. One more thing, the Rambam in in Sefer HaMitzvahs, where he is not bringing the halachos, but he's simply stating what the mitzvah is to do. So the the Ramam states as follows: HaMitzvah estram, the twentieth mitzvah is who? The Rambam says that we were commanded to build a house of service where we could bring certain sacrifices. And we could also, there would also be a constant fire. The question is what that constant fire refers to. Is it the fire on the Mizbeach? Or is it the fire on the Menorah? But it's not the only thing that we did in the Migdash. There are many other avodas, many other services that happened in the Besamikdash. Why does the Rambam single out single out the Eshtamid? And the Rambam continues, Right, in that mitzvah. Um and he says that part of that mitzvah is Ulam um is is um on the Amrubam is mizbeach, you should bring, build build the Mizbeach. And the Rambam then goes on to say the details of building the Mizbeach. It should be a mizbech Adama. It should be made from earth. It's its own mitzvah, besides for the mitzvah of the Beis HaMikdash. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that, the Rambam says, I'll explain to you later what the rationale for that is, because at that time, when they built the Beis HaMikdash, there was HaMikdash, there, people were allowed to build private altars. And once they built the Beis HaMikdash, um, so then, they 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 outlawed the usage of any altars other than the one that was in the Beis Hamikdash. Um, so the 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 question only is, um, why does the Ramam include the building of the Mizbeach and uh, this fact that this Mizbeach is attached to the ground and that it's built from earth? Why is that a part of the mitzvah of building the Beis Hamikdash more than any other part? More than any of the other kalim and any of the other elements of what went into into the mikdash. That's that's those are some of the issues. Again, so just to review briefly. First of all, why does why this unusual reference to seirim? The Torah uses seirim, this type of avodah zara that is almost like demon worship. Why is that the specific? Usually, the, when the Torah talks about avodah zara, calls it avodah zara, calls it calls it avodah selilim, the worship of foreign powers. Why this strange reference to Avodah Se'irim, the service of demons? And first of all, second of all, why when the Rambam lists these mitzvahs, or brings the halachos for the mitzvah of uh, Binyan Beis HaMikdash, does the Rambam go out of his way to talk about the fact that there's also a mitzvah of Aliyah leregel? Why specifically that mitzvah? And why does the Rambam go through in his halachic overview of building of a Beis HaMikdash the whole historical context within which the Beis HaMikdash was built. And lastly, why the ramam in his Sefer HaMitzvos, where he's simply bringing what the Mitzvah is, the ramam mentions that there's an Eshtamid, that there's a cons- constant fire that has to be brought on it, and he mentions the Mizbach Adama, the building of the Mizbeach, that has to be made, uh, um, that has to be made uh, by itself. Um, so the question is, like why? Why bother with that? On top of that, one more very interesting idea. That the, again, this a lot of these ideas are these are a lot of what we're talking about tonight are ideas that I heard from Rabbi Lapiansky. But this this is this is an amazing medrash that he quoted. The medrash says as follows: It's a very very puzzling medrash. The medrash says that initially, before the base Hamikdash was built, so when a person would come. To the base to when a person would come to bring a carbon it was the equivalent of a sharecropper bringing crops to a wealthy landowner who is unmarried so when he's unmarried he doesn't really have a bias he doesn't really have a a home the, the measure says and therefore you could bring the crops and store them in the barn or store them out in the field put them wherever you want what does he carry he doesn't have a bias anyway he doesn't have a a, a, a settled place but once he gets married now all of the crops must be brought into the house. Now the reference, it would seem, that the the muscle, this this parable that the that the uh, is seeming to state about why one should only bring korbanos in the makom hamikdash in the place that's designated for for korbanos is he's equating it with a person who has a home versus a person who doesn't have a home. When there's no home, when there's no place that you can call your own, so you can do whatever you want, wherever you want, put the crops wherever you want to put them, or don't put them where you don't, where you don't want them. Um, but ultimately, once a person has, a, has his own place, so then now it's time to put the, the crops after the, 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 the harvest, the, the produce has to come into the house and has to become a part of the house that that would seem to be on the surface what this medrash is, is trying to tell us but why the specific comparison of a home to a, of a basis of a, of a bias to a, a a person who's a single a single land, wealthy landowner and then afterwards he gets married and he has a bias what what exactly is the medrash trying to teach us um so, so here's the here's the idea. We find, we find that the Torah says, for instance, um, when Moshe Rabbeinu's mother and sister were involved in saving the Jewish children, so so the Torah tells us that Hashem rewarded. Shifra and Pua, who are Tzipora and Miriam. um, um, uh, So the Torah rewards them with Bate Kahuna and Bate Melucha, houses of Kahuna, houses of priesthood, and houses of kingship. It's referred to specifically in the Pasuk as. Um, it's referred to specifically in the Pasuk as because the Mayaldos, because the midwives served Hashem or feared Hashem, Hashem made a bias for them, he made a, a, a he made houses for them, which Rashi explains to me bate kahuna and bate right those are, that's those are those are what's those are what what are what, what they're expressed they're expressed as batim a bias a bias represents something that is fixed it represents something it represents a person's ability to to build in a specific place it represents in order for a person to achieve any level of permanence here in this world it's necessary for a person to find a place where he belongs there has to be it has to be a there has to be a sense of permanence there has to be a sense of that I'm building something and if I'm not building something then it's it's incidental and things that are incidental have no kiyum they can't last they can't they're not sustainable they're not they, they can't remain for long periods of time um, let me try to bring that point out a little bit more we spoke about a couple of weeks ago we spoke about that when the, when the children, there's a medrash that says when they came to Yamsuf when they came to the, to the sea so it says Ra hayam the pasuk in Tehillim says the sea saw something and it ran, it, it moved backwards so we explained the medrash. There says, "What did Mara? What did the sea see? What did the what did the what did the waters see? They saw Aron Oshel Yosef. They saw the 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 coffin of Yosef HaTzadik. And it's, the medrash says because Yosef was yatsa min hamakom, he went out of his place. So the Yam, excuse me, went out of its place. What, the, what does that mean? Going out of your place." We said that at that time we explained that your place is what is where a person grows. Every person in a physical in the physical dimension, in order to, to be something, to feel like you are something, you have to belong somewhere. If you don't belong anywhere, then you then you're lost. You're, you become nothing. Any any nation, so to speak, that is exiled from their mukom from their place ceases to be a nation outside of the Jewish people. We'll talk about that in a moment. But but normally what happens is when a person leaves a Mokom, they leave the place where they belong, they lose themselves. They become. They lose their identity. Yosef had lost his identity initially when he went down to Mitzrayim because he's no longer in his own country. He goes to a new country. He finds a new Mokom for himself in the house of Potiphar. And then Asha's Potifar attempts to seduce him, and he's Yotza, he runs out of that place. That means he's willing to sacrifice his whole essence, his whole ability, his whole identity of who he is in order to preserve what he knows to be the right thing. That's the idea of Ra HaYom we want to go back and listen to that share. You can hear what we said about that uh, a few weeks ago. But here I want to bring out the idea in the opposite way. Here what we see, the Torah is telling us that you have to build a bias, means that if if you don't have a bias, you don't have something that's permanent, if you don't have something where it belongs, you can't build anything, you can't accomplish anything. The, the, the concept of a base Hamikdash is that there has to be a makom, there has to be a place in order for everything else to be manifest. If, if it's not, at the beginning of Sefer Vayikra it says, that there's such a thing as nevuah, as prophecy, both for a Jew, for a Jewish prophet, for a prophet that it's functioning on a level of kedusha, on a level of holiness, and there's such a thing as as prophecy on a level of tumma, on a level of complete impurity. The difference between them, the pasuk says, is in purity. It says vayikra, Hashem is calling specifically out to you, in 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 a a an alternate type of of. Nevuah of prophecy. It says vayikar. It's almost it's, it's incidental. There's an incidental meeting between Hashem and Bilaam, and between Hashem and the, and the non-Jewish prophet Bilaam. Vayikar Hashem meets him in a in a The it's in a in a way that's by chance. It's something that's not permanent. It's something that's not fixed. It doesn't have a place where it belongs. If you don't have a place, if you don't have something that you that you're a part of. Then, you, if you don't have a mukham, if you don't have, a, if you don't define for yourself where you are, then you can't build anything. Uh, in order for a person to accomplish anything in this world, it's it has to be in a fixed place. It has to have a temporary place. Can serve a. Role, for instance, the concept of bamos of, of private altars serves a role up to a point, but you get to a point where that can no longer function anymore, and you need the permanence of a structure of a place where you're actually building on something so that it becomes something that's permanent. Without that permanence, you can't have anything else. That's perhaps what the Ramah means when he says that it's a mitzvah, say, lasos by you have to make first. You have to make a bias, Hashem. You have to make a, a house. You have to make a. You have to decide this is the place where Hashem is going to be, and then if I find that place, despite despite the fact that the activities that I might have engaged in could have been done anywhere, but until I define them and and confine them to a specific to a specific makom, to a specific place. They don't become. They don't become permanent. They don't get built up. They don't become something that's more than what there is. It just it becomes something that's simply incidental. A person has to find a way that this is this is who I am. This is where I belong. This is then I can add one thing on top of another. Here here's another, here's another example of that. You have you have what's called a makom yishuv and a makom midbari. The, in the, the expression of Chazal, is sometimes you have settlements. You have places where people live, where they're settled, and then you have the Midbar, the wilderness, which is where people, the, the, what's the difference between a makom Yishuv, a settled place, and a Midbar, a wilderness? They both have ecosystems. They both have animals that live there. They both have people that are perhaps living in those places. The difference is that in a Yishuv, you, you found your place, you are where you are, and you build something up. In in the midbar, there are only holchei midbaros. There are people who walk around the midbar. Anyone who's in a midbar, in a wilderness, in a place that is barren, right, which is is the equivalent of this idea of nothingness, people are only there in a temporal fashion. They they exist there in a nomadic fashion. They go from one waterhole to the next waterhole to the next waterhole. It dries up. You have to move on. Because it's a Midbar, it's Shemama, it's empty, there's nothing there. It's a place that is empty, there's no, there's no possibility of building anything new. That's why the main definitions of the base Makam mikdash that the Ramam chooses to use to show in the Sefer HaMitzvahs, what the Mitzvah of the Mikdash is, is the Ner Tamid. There's a consistency, whether it's a consistency of Makam or a consistency of time, the ner tamid or the esh tamid, it's something that's their consistency. That consistency is what builds reality, what, 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 what builds things up, what makes something into something that's, that, that's deeper. The concept of shute chutz, the concept of shachting, of slaughtering an animal outside the makamah mikdash the fact that it's lasirim that that's considered like, quote-unquote, I'll call it devil worship, is the, is the, is the same idea. The idea is that when it's it's not in a place where it can build anything up, it's in a place that's outside any type of kvios, it's outside of any type of fixture, and it's therefore it is barren and not capable of building something that's that's deeper. We're building connections. That's this side, For instance, you know the 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 Talmud's word for these seirim is shadim, right? So shadim. The hadras describes what were shadim. Shadim, what is, what is a shade? These demonic creatures. What are they? They're they're part human and they're part malach. They're part human. They're part celestial being. They're part. They're they're, they're neither here nor there. In fact, the Torah says they weren't created at a fixed time. They were created ben hashmushos. Ben hashmashos is a time that is not day and it's not night. It's not fixed. It's not anything. It doesn't. It doesn't have an exactitude to it. It doesn't have a precision to it. It's lacking in that precision. And therefore, it's it's, it's something that, 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 that can't build any permanence. And it's something that doesn't have anything that's real to it. In order for something to, to build, to become something that I can be a part of, it requires that I engage in that in a permanent manner. In fact, the Torah says, that when you spill the blood of this animal outside the makamikdash, it's damim. Think about this. The circulatory system of a person is something that's stable, it's something that is kavua, it goes back and forth, it circulates around through the body. damim, which is what we call ritzichos, what we call the spilling of blood, which is what we call murder, is when you take the blood out of its makamal you drain the blood to somewhere else it's not kavua it's not fixed in its place and therefore it doesn't it causes a loss of life it causes a lack of living it causes a lack of growth it moves a person to a place where he's not supposed to be the same idea goes throughout with through through the entirety of the parsha the flow of ideas that in, exist in this in this uh, in this torah portion of, of whether you start with the avodah of, of yom HaKippurim. and then you talk about the different laws that are that are relevant in the middle of the parasha, that are relevant to the Beis Hamikdash, and end off with Arayus. What you find that the thread that goes through all of them is whether or not a person has something that is Kavua, whether something that is fixed, something that can be built on, or something that is temporal. Even the I, the concept of Arayus, the concept of uh, illicit relations, is. Exactly that. You can't build a bias based on this type of relationship. This relationship is, is uh, it, it doesn't, they don't, they're two things that don't go together. In fact, the, term, the, the Gemara and kedushin says that when you have Two people that are prohibited to be in a relationship together by a of kares, by, 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 by the punishment of kares, by being cut off, the kiddushin is not tofsin. It's not possible to have the kidusha of marriage in such a thing. You can't build a lasting relationship. There can be no kvius. There can be nothing that's kavua, something nothing that's fixed. Without kvius, without something that's fixed, you can't build. What's the lesson for us? What are we supposed to take out of all that? What am I trying to tell you? What are, what are we supposed to learn from this concept of Shruti You find in life that there are many activities that you can engage in, that you can do just as well in one place as you can do them anywhere else. You can daven in your house. You can daven in your neighbor's basement. You can daven in, in a yard somewhere. But, but you, if you do that, you don't have a base ha or you don't have a mokum, a place where where a person goes to study in, 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 in to study Torah is called a base hamedrash or a yeshiva. All of the expressions that we use to define these places are biased. Something that's fixed, something that's that's built up, something that builds on itself. That there's a consistency to it. That I go back to the same place to engage in that. I go back to the same that same place. The Gemara says. Any person that fixes a place, he has a fixed place where he davens consistently. Avram he has the help. It's as though he's he's showing himself to be a modeling himself after Avram Avinu, after directly after Avram, whose Tfilos are answered. The idea is you can daven anywhere. You can say it's fila wherever you are. doesn't make a difference. And today I can go to this shul, and tomorrow I can go to that show, and I can go to this place, and I can go to that basement, and I can go to that this minion, and I can have a minion wherever I need to be. That's wonderful. But it's only a first step, but you're never going to build anything unless you have a fixed place to do it. Unless you have, for the study of for the purposes of study of Torah, you have to have a base on Medrash. I could learn in Torah in my house. Why do I have to have a base on Medrash? Who needs to go to the base on Medrash to learn? Let me just learn in my home. No, the, the, there has to be a makam for learning Torah, a, a fixed place for learning Torah. There has to be a fixed place, a base knessis or base fila, a fixed place to go to Davin. I, I have to have places where I belong and I go back there consistently, day after day, because when you do it, Chutz Ohel, you go outside the tent, which is what chute chutz is talking about. We're talking about when we're talking about sacrificing or slaughtering an animal outside the place of the makom of kedusha. Outside, you do it on an individual basis. You're lacking in makom. You're lacking in yeshuv. You're lacking in settlement. You're lacking in kviyus. Those are the things that build a person up. Those are the things that build a community. Those are the things that build that make it possible for us to function in this world. The paradigm. For this world is that we live within time and space, and because we live within time and space, we have to bring the kedusha into the time, into the time-space continuum. We can't. We we would ideally like to be completely outside of time. That would be what Yosef Atzadik accomplishes. We'd like to be able to take our kedusha even when we're when when time and space are not possible for us to live, live within them. We'd like to be able to function in them, but there's a danger there. The danger is these seirim, the seirim, these these demonic creatures, these shadim. In fact, it's it's fascinating. The Gemara says in brachos, the Gemara says if you want to know that, what shadim look like, the Gemara gives a whole uh, recipe for how you go do it. You have to take a, a black cat and the the daughter of a black cat, and you have to take the the, the stomach. Lining and you have to burn it and you have to take the ashes and stick it in your eyes and then you have to, you you would be able to see the Shadim that are all around you. Whatever, right? Okay, find all this stuff that's way above our pay grade. The Gemara says, suggest don't do it, right? The Gemara says there's one person who did it and he went completely crazy when he saw how, how we're surrounded, how many creatures were in the world we're surrounded by. But the Gemara says if you want to just get a hint of who they are, spread ashes around your bed and in the morning you'll see chicken feet around there because Shadim these shanim have chicken feet. Now, what's unique about chicken feet? Human feet are designed so you can stand or sit in one place. You can be you can be in a fixed place, but chicken feet are such that they're unstable. They can't they they can't stay in one place. They can't. They can't remain still. They're constantly moving. In order to maintain their balance, they have to continuously move. That continuous movement is indicative of this idea of not having kviyos. When you don't have kviyos, then you're caught in between two worlds. You're caught between the physical and the spiritual dimension, and you can't connect to either of them. You want to be able to connect from this physical to the spiritual, which is what we ideally are trying to do, always trying to do, we're always trying to be manifest spiritual potential in the physical dimension, which means we're bringing the spiritual down into the physical. Then you have to have a real physical dimension in which you want to build, which means you have to have a makamokvius. You have to have a fixed place. You have to have somewhere where you belong, something that you do on a consistent basis, something that is that is fixed. It has to be a bias. That's what, that's what it says. Vayasla said the biggest bracha that Hu could give to the meyaldos, to the to the midwives. The biggest bracha that we give is a base, a kingship, a house of kings. Is a base Melucha, a house of kings, not just a Melucha by itself, not just a, not just Kohanim, but base Kohanim, a base haknesis, a house that is a, that are of service to where where we gather together to serve Hashem, a base Hamedrash where we gather together to learn. All of these things are places where we gather in a fixed place, because in the gathering of a fixed place, that's where we ultimately achieve our potential. That's where we have the ability to transform, to, be, to live transformative lives and to elevate ourselves to a, to a higher level. And perhaps that is the lesson of the Shchutei Chutz. If you go outside of it, then it's an oveg lasirim. Why specifically to seirim? Why that type of idol worship? Because it's an unst- instability. It's a sur- it's it's a it's a lack of stability. And in a lack of stability, what do you end up with? You end up with a midbar. You end up with a makum shomema a place that has no growth, a place that does not accomplish anything. It's a good for a temporary hold, but it's not good for cons- consistent growth and for building one day on top of the other. If we want to build then we need a makam yeshuv, we need a place where we can be settled, a mizbach adama that's connected to the ground, that's rooted in a specific place that we go back to day after day, time after time, on a consistent basis, in a consistent way, in a consistent place at a consistent time. That's the that's the key to real spiritual growth. Okay, have a wonderful Shabbos, everybody. Let's do to you.